Hello everyone and welcome to episode 60 of your very favorite number one podcast. Digital, digital, get down, get down. We're your normal hosts, Heather and Bennett. Yep, and I could just start complaining about the weather like I normally do. It's a bit early for that, but Mm. do you want to go into it? No, I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, I'll give the brief summary. Mm. We woke up to snow today. Like a significant amount of snow. Early like A couple inches. And it's not even the first time it snowed. It's like the third or fourth time it snowed this season so far. Full winter mode. Four-wheel uh, drive. Full winter mode, like 18 degrees out type of winter. Yeah. Um, related to winter. Mm. You should be excited because it's almost... Game of Thrones time. No. Oh. Time to be the correct time of Elf. year to watch our favorite yes. movie. Yes. Did you see... That it was the 15th anniversary of Elf coming out? No, you went shopping for an Elf DVD, though, because your family has misplaced yours. Yes, we've lost ours. We got it at that awful uh, Yankee Swap that time. Mm, there's been a lot, but I think I know which one you the mean. The specific one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got it there, mm-hmm. and I left it at home because my parents like to watch it, and they don't like know how to do digital things. Are you sure you don't have it on your uh, Apple Oh, I do. But I don't have the DVD to take to school. Right, that's what you right. want. Right, and my parents don't have it anymore. They think they lent it to somebody who never gave it back to them. Yeah, and you have to get the Infinifilm one, which people acted was like a new type of DVD or something. I'm pretty sure Elf is the only movie to be ever made on <laughs> Infinifilm. It had like three extra special features or something. I don't remember. Hmm. Um, I have some, like, a lot of Will Ferrell related news on okay. this one. Okay, hit me. Well, are we going to tell the people our Halloween costumes? Oh, right. This is our post-Halloween episode. It is. We skipped a week. Yeah. Well, I did give them a hint at the last, at the end of the last po- podcast. Yes. Yeah. We were Chaz Michael Michaels. And, and Jimmy McElroy. Jimmy McElroy from Blades of Glory. Yep. Classic Will Ferrell film that we could not find anywhere to stream to watch. To watch. To no. inspire us. Yeah. You said it was on YouTube in like a 40 pixel Yes. It was literally, the, it was like one inch by one inch. Yeah. What is this, a movie for ants? That's what I said, and you laughed. No, you yep. didn't laugh. I said it, though. Yeah. Um, I also have an upcoming thing about him, too. Yeah. Do you want me to save it, or do you want me to say it now while we're on topic? Let's let's do it. Um, did you see that uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are going to be in a new Holmes and Watson I think movie? I saw the headline, didn't click it. Wow, we haven't said that in a while. Uh, not enthused. Mm. I think it's like Sherlock Holmes a little overdone. Definitely. And I'm sure they're going to do, like, a ridiculous walk-hard take on Spoofed, it. yeah. Cut in half real bad situation. <laughs> well, we're not scientists. That is the only scene of that movie that I enjoy. <laughs> so good. And it's the only scene that I've watched. So good. He's been cut in half real bad. <laughs> I've never seen a case of someone being cut in half this bad. Um... I think that's yeah. what I had for intro stuff. Okay. People liked our costumes. It was very spandex heavy. Yep. We originally thought I was going to be Chaz. Mm-hmm. But we had a little sizing issue. Yeah. Apparently I wear large men's when it's spandex. And I wear medium women's. Yes. <laughs> but yours was still smaller. Yes. yes. There you go. Um, nobody guessed. Huh? Nobody guessed. Oh. None of our loyal listeners? No. All right, well, let's let's treat them to some good news, bad news, good news, and bad news. Well, we watched Bridesmaid on mute. Help me, I'm poor. Um, She's churning butter. There's a colonial woman. She is dressed in traditional colonial garb. 
Um, How would she have known that she was a colonial woman if not for the garb? I think that goes hand in the hand. Butter churner. Okay, I'm just saying. Like it's reassuring to me that she was Are we wearing down this movie right that now? she was wearing the appropriate clothing. Like that's not the concerning part to me. I guess. Julia the Wake of a Plane. That's the that concerning is part. The scary part, yo. Um, are we talking about the, le- the election at all? Is that part of our good news or bad news? Sure. I can make that, like, part of my good news. Okay. So, I don't... I honestly... I'm gonna be real. hmm Did not know what, like, the blue wave was supposed to be. Like, I didn't know what, like, the goal, like, level was mm-hmm. that they were trying to reach. What, what would accompany... What would equal a wave? Yeah. yeah, or a victory or something. Mm-hmm. So, all of, like, the analyses and stuff were kind of lost on me i was following more like local races Mm -hmm. or just like specific people and i didn't really know what like numbers we were supposed to hit to like be successful as a democratic majority or whatever yeah like we won the the house took over the house yep so that's good yep but we didn't split congress senate but we didn't expect to win the senate i'm very confused about that um, I still don't really believe in political predictions and polls based on what happened two years ago. But yes, afterwards everyone was saying, oh yeah, the Senate was always going to be out of reach. Um, so yeah. So my good news of all of that, um, is all of the first this and first that that were elected. Yeah. There was a lot of women that were elected. Mm-hmm. There's like, I think a hundred women congressmen now, something like yeah. that. Um, I'm on, uh, broken up over the two, I think, yeah. but, okay. um, I could be wrong about that. But then there, there was like the first two Native American women that were elected. Yep. There's like the first two Muslim women that were elected. There's a bunch of gay, first gay governors and, um, like the, um, New Hampshire had their first, uh, gay congressman. Okay. Um, lots of like first black women congressmen from Connecticut and from Massachusetts and yeah I mean I sort of of reluctantly put on CNN for a couple hours and I just thought it was so great because they would jump around to different parts of the map and they'd put two faces up and and you'd be like oh those are like diverse faces that's good you're getting excited about we have to watch this scene scene. it's so funny (laughs) okay we're back from our interlude she's baking again you get emotional at the baking scene um, and she hugs her mom. Did you did you participate in an exit poll this year? There was an exit poll? See, I don't believe in them. Oh. You know whenever they say, oh, white women didn't turn out in this county or whatever. Or they did and they voted for uh, Ted Cruz. Yeah. You know, you check into the voting station so they know who showed up that day. Yeah. But they have no idea what I put down on the paper, whether I filled in any of those goddamn circles or not. So many circles. All the fucking incumbent and, judges that we had to fill in all the fucking And our town circles. gives you a ballpoint pen and, like, a three millimeter Sorry. wide rectangle. Oh, I thought you meant the and string you, that's, like, three inches long. It wouldn't reach to the bottom oh, that, of the Oh, my paper. God. It was, like, one of the most stressful times of my life. <laughs> I just felt like I kept filling out bubbles mm. and going and going. Any other politics? Um, no, I was just thinking if you look on it on a individual victory mm. level it's it's easy to yeah i'm not that optimistic overall <laughs> because even if even when you look at the numbers and you say oh they took over this many seats or they you know they were able to get win these senate races or things like almost everything is like 52 to 48 
like it's not like there's been such a substantial shift. Uh, I mean, the there's parts of the countries that that is still very red, I guess. Yeah, but isn't it a little bit comforting to know that they don't have that the Republicans don't have complete control over both parts of Congress and the president? That part is, yeah, in terms of how the government will operate for the next few years. I just mean in terms of, like, the culture as a whole, I guess. Oh, yeah, no. I didn't expect that the culture as a whole was going to change that much. No. Or not overnight, at least. My problem is, like, I don't see a, a way out of the political situation this country has got into. Mm -hmm. I don't see a way out. I think the more people who are, like, outwardly supporting liberals and democrats and like the more democratic seats or whatever i think that's just gonna make the really really conservative left uh sorry right-wing people just like hunker down even more in their beliefs yeah like, as long as just, there's a two-party system you're just backing yeah. them into a corner and that makes me worried i feel like there's gonna be more not less of like shootings and stuff like that because i think those people are feeling like they have no options like they've mm -hmm. gotten themselves in so deep that they can't just say that they were wrong. Like, at this point, a lot of those, the really, really diehard people yeah. are not going to just be like, oh, yeah, maybe I was wrong. Racism is bad. Or I'm racist. Like, they're not going to do that. They're right. just going to, like, get stronger and stronger in their beliefs. And I, I don't see a way out of this because what we're arguing over, arguing over isn't, like, a piece of uh, law that we don't agree on, like, the percentage of taxes or whatever. What we're arguing over is, like, basic human rights mm -hmm. for different groups of people. Are you going to take care of me or are you going to go take care of everybody else? Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if their opinion is like, it's either me or all of the immigrant children mm -hmm. or me or the LGBT community or me or people of color, it's like, how do you, what, I've, we've said this before in the podcast, but it's like, how do you, how do you like implore someone to care about other people? Yeah. I mean, I've said this before, but I mean, if you look at the last two years and you look at us specifically as two white middle class people living in a Midwestern state, did the election of the Trump of the sorry, the T word, um, how did it change our daily lives? And the truth is that I was able to wake up, go to work in my car, drive home, go see a movie on the weekend. And the only thing that changed for me really was my paycheck went up $30 um, every fortnight because of a tax change. And so you're telling people that they have to worry about other people who are less fortunate than them. Yeah, basic some, human empathy. And that's what a Democrat or a liberal has to do is has to convince people to care about to other people more. Other people. Yeah, it's a very challenging thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I try and teach my fifth graders this. And it's hard. And adults, it's even harder. Yeah. And that's what I think is such a challenge is that you're right. Like, they don't have a lot of incentive necessarily because... If you're not the one being being locked out of bathrooms and you're not the one being segregated or prejudiced against, then... But the, the kicker is that, like, a lot of these people call themselves Christians. Oh, yeah. No, that part is just... And pathetic. that's the part that just gets me and is so hypocritical to me. The religious right is the religious right. Yeah. And I'm not saying that every single person who identifies as Christian and Republican is a bad person. I know some of them. They're not bad people. But the ones who are, like, far, far right, who are, like, neo-Nazis yeah. and are Christian, I'm like, But the Pope has started to come out and uh, give the church's opinion of them, right? 
in certain cases. A couple times he's made some comments, but... All right, that's enough heavy stuff. That turned into a downer. That turned into my bad news. Let's stick with bad news Uh, then. So my bad news is that there were teachers at a school, I didn't look up the state, that dressed up as Mexicans and the Make America Great Again wall. Wow. And they said, oh, there was no malicious intent. Just doing it for shits and giggles, as they say? That was their, like, Halloween Mm. costume at a school. They wore it to school. Yeah. And, oh, no malicious intent. We were just joking around. And it's like, you're the problem. Just wear leotards. Everyone will enjoy it. Yes. That's that's your bad news? Oh, yeah. Racially insensitive people, including, I guess, apparently me sometimes. But <sighs> um, Quick bad news, unfortunately, with our follow-up from our baseball chat last time. Red Sox fans, Boston fans, their obsession with throwing beers at athletes on during championship parades... I just don't get it. Like, they damaged the World Series trophy. I don't know if you heard that. No, I didn't. Because someone threw a beer at the the duck boat and it hit the trophy. Like, do you think that these players can't afford shitty beers? Like, do you just want to have Mookie Betts drinking your warm beer? They want to, like, offer them something. In your hooded starter jacket? They feel like they want to give back to them. Yeah, I don't think chucking aluminum cans at someone's... uh, uh, An athlete's face is the way to do it. I agree with you. Um, the, my my only good news are, like, good-bad news is combined, really. Okay. Um. Wait, could I? I have an athletic good news. Sure. Um, do you see the NFL cheerleader that kneeled? No. So they won't allow the NFL players to do it, but there's nice. an NFL cheerleader. I, oh, I'm going to forget which team it was. Mm. I want to say the 49ers, but I'm not positive. Okay. Uh, an NFL cheerleader well, That would be kneeled. symbolic. That was Kaepernick's team. Oh, maybe I'm just conflating yeah. those then. Um, so my sport, good news, bad news, aside from the Red Sox fans, um, so Djokovic and your boy Rafa were scheduled to play a match in the, uh, the region of Saudi Arabia later this year, which would be not a great place to, uh, to go travel to and support. We're not going to travel there, you mean? No. I mean, that's where they just, uh, assassinated the journalist. Right. Yeah, and so Novak and Rafa had signed up to play for this exhibition. What you gonna give me for your exhibition? <laughs> um, and they were gonna get millions of dollars for this. And like for the last two weeks, people were like, oh, "Are you guys gonna pull out of that? Like that's not a great image to portray that you're gonna because it was actually the government paying them." Got it. Uh, so they're still taking money, blood money. So apparently, Rafa has has taken. Uh, the fall, and they found an object in his knee that he's going to need minor surgery for next week, and they've had to cancel. Smart. So they found a way out of it. That's clever. It was the 49ers cheerleader. Good. That's right. Um, my other good news, bad news. Can I read you the the Avatar sequel titles and oh. describe your reactions? It's just going to be that sound. They're coming soon. Um... They're quite sexual, some of them. So there's four sequels that are already planned. Stop. Two of them filmed, I think. Stop. Uh, Avatar, The Way of Water. Ugh. Here's the best one. Avatar, The Seed Bearer. Oh, that does sound sexual. Avatar, The Tolkien Rider. Tolkien? Tolkien. Tolkien. Not J.R. No. Tolkien? Avatar, The Quest for Ewa. You intrigued yet? No. Hmm. Okay. Why are there five? 
Uh, we'll see. That's just awful. Made my day worse. I'm All not right. saying something the day I've had thought that made my day worse. Let's keep things rolling. We got a big episode. We're talking about two, two of your classic institutions. These are a few of your favorite Get things. you singing on the podcast. And you're not even drunk. No, not this time. Oh, should we do an advertisement first? Help me, we're poor. <laughs> what? Are you doing the advertisement? I'm terrible at it. The oh. people know. Um, you should... Hello, Fresh. <laughs> Go, mm. shh, don't give them free ad money. All right, so you should go check out bookdigits.com, B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S.com. Uh, you can see how your reading goal is going for the year. Where are you at? Coming down to the wire. Coming I'm on track. I think I'm ahead still. Actually, maybe not. I didn't really read very yeah. much this week. I'm a little bit... Mm. I started this book, and I'm like... Not love. I'm not hating it enough to stop, but I'm also not loving it enough to want to keep reading. Mm -hmm. And also, just like when I come home after a long day, sometimes like I'm tired and don't want to use my brain anymore. Um, I am still two books ahead. Damn. And that's the goal that I increased already. Too. You sure you didn't decrease it? Yeah, I increased it. Okay. Don't forget on book digits, you can also reread a book if you read it in the past. And it still counts as a point. Still counts. And you can see where you are with the diamond status. Yep. You a red diamond yet? Not quite. Okay. I can start there, campaigning for some upvotes. It's election season. <laughs> Throw a vote my way. And uh, you can also follow the Book Digits Instagram. Insta! I've hit a little bit of a plateau with followers. No. It's just a lull. Just a lull. But we are going to do a giveaway on Instagram sometime. I know we stopped doing bookdigits.com giveaways raffles that's true but we're gonna do a giveaway on the insta sometime mm -hmm. soon we're still willing to lose money in different ways <laughs> help us we're poor um so yeah as uh as i mentioned two classic institutions today for you we're talking about Not space jam no the folks might think it would i think be we space had enough jam. space jam jams the other day yes pretty much covered it because i don't actually love the movie space jam you just had just a really had love a, the soundtrack. Had a thing for the soundtrack. Yeah, an emotional connection. Yeah, really, all of my love started with soundtrack. Mm. Batman, Batman, which we're going to get to. Batman soundtrack set me up for seal. a life of seal. Mm. Kiss by. I never even knew the lyrics to "Kiss from a Rose." Kiss from a Rose. Kiss from a Rose. Um, so we're going to talk about. A Batman movie or the Batman movie collectives, mm -hmm. but I think first we should do our classic novel of choice, okay? Which is Francis Scott Key Fitzgerald's novel, also known as F. Scott Fitzgerald, The Great Gatsby. Saint Paul. Yeah, I'm surprised woo, we haven't woo. done this one. I'm surprised we haven't done this one sooner, considering where we're living and we've been living for the past year. What was the other connection we saw in the text? It was um, the, he mentioned Duluth and he mentioned uh, Saint Olaf. What's it? Oh called? yeah, Saint Olaf's. Is that what it's? I don't think that's what it's called. Yeah. Are you Saint sure? Ol University. Yeah. Um, we went there for a Charlene K concert. As it one was does. Very awkward. Actually, as only about two dozen people. Yes, do. it was very awkward. We were the only non-college students there. They were perplexed by what to do with us. But now we're wondering if there's a Gatsby monument somewhere. Yeah, or mm -hmm. like the quote up on the wall in the student center or something. There must be. Yeah. Because he name drops them. But we've been there. And um, we've been to F. Scott Fitzgerald's one of his hangouts. Well. Kind of. I don't know if I should tell you this. So It's fake? No, no, no. 
Um, speaking of speakeasies, I just kind of wanted to say that. Okay. Um, I got clued into one, which I don't know if you want to go when your brother's here. Apparently you get to like knock on like a closet door or something and some old timey guy comes out and is like, what are you doing here? And you have to say, I'm here for the furniture store. And then he takes you downstairs. I've always place. been super creeped out by those things. Yeah. And do not enjoy them. Hmm. Like there was one. You um, want to go to the pitch black restaurant either. Like no. in. About time. About time. Fuck no. Hmm. Um, I've always been super creeped out. There were some of those in Melbourne, too, that you're like, find this nondescript door down an alley <laughs> and go down the stairs. And if you knock 14 times, you'll go into this beautiful you bar. You don't like to have any adventure in your life. Um, not like where I feel like I might be murdered by a drug addict. Well, I hate normal bars, so I feel like I might enjoy a weird bar like that. We can go sometime, but maybe not with Nick. Okay. I don't know that they're they more they're more like the trivia at a brewery type than okay. the speakeasy type. That's fine. If like if some of our other friends ever come visit, mm. we could take them there. There's an advertisement. <laughs> if you come visit, we'll take you to a creepy old timey <laughs> man who may or may not murder us. <sighs> ah, so how did you get clued in? You're not what circles oh, are you? Got connections. Okay. Um. So you you think you've only read The Great Gatsby now twice in your life? I think maybe three times. Think? No, I, probably I twice. I think in college I might have so read it. So in New it. Hampshire suburbs, you read it going into junior year of high school. Yeah. Not going into. I didn't read yeah. it over the summer. Oh, I had to read it over the summer. I did not. Hmm. Okay. Why are you being so judgy? I, I had know. to read The Grapes of Wrath over the summer. You still oh. scarred by that. Yeah. Um... No, I read The Great Gatsby during the school year. Okay. I thought it was sophomore year. No. American Lit is junior, junior year? year. I think I read it during the school year. Yeah. Sophomore year was face. just uh, Tuesdays with Maury, my teacher crying yes, constantly the every whole day. Time. I was just thinking about that the other day. Yeah. That's all I, I don't remember Aaron anything wants from a the future book. King. I don't remember anything. Oh, Tuesdays from with Maury? No. I only just remember her crying. crying while reading it. <laughs> yeah. Ah, so she did it in back-to-back years, then. That's a lot of tears. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you were just, like, reintroduced to this book, then, I, in a so lot of ways. I feel like I have reread it because... Well, you've seen the movie. I've the seen the movie. movie. Yeah. And, like, we've watched it a few times on TV and stuff, just bits and pieces of it, so I felt like yeah. I, like, remembered parts of it. And, like, you and I have talked about it before, because it's, like, one of your favorite books, or yeah. your favorite classic book, at the very least. That's true. I give it an A plus on book digits. Um, that's your only A plus? No, I have three. I was thinking of this earlier. So The Great Gatsby is like my classic A plus. Okay. White Noise is my nineteen eighties A plus. Could not get through that. It's like a two hundred page book. I it's couldn't fantastic. get through it. I got to like chapter two and a half, and I was oh done. Oh my god! An Infinite Jest would be my nineteen nineties A plus. Seriously? I have one for a few oh decades. God. Yeah. No. You and I do A pluses very differently though, oh and you gosh. know that. Mine, my, I make mine the, count. To get the plus, mine has to like either be nostalgia or have found family. Basically, <laughs> no, but it has to be like either a a book that I just absolutely loved as a child, or a book that I have like just fall in love with immediately and like have reread multiple times and own. Uh but we should mention that you changed your. This may be. Grade. This is one of the first times on book digits usually on a reread unless i find it drastically different you trust your original gut i don't think it's fair to change it because 
I think the second time reading it is a different experience. Like, if the second time you're not as compelled because you already know, like, the twist or something, like, yeah. you shouldn't down... I had that issue with uh, Lexicon, for sure. Yeah, like, you shouldn't downvote it because the second time you read it wasn't as magical. I always like, want to, but you're right. But, like, you can t- turn the rereadability re- re- factor down. Like, that's, that's why there's true. the different... That's fair. Um, the different sliders, because... Like, Doesn't Goodreads have that? No. no. Um, it also doesn't have grades. True. Um, so, anyway, so I changed this one significantly. I think maybe I did only re- read it in high school, or at the very least maybe reread it, like, early college or something. Yeah. But had not read it in, like, a decade, probably. I had to read it for two different college classes. I don't think I had to, because I didn't really take a lot of English lit classes. Sciencey. I took, like, a short stories class, hmm. which was actually good. I just took it because I thought it would be easy. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I yeah. don't know. I was a little bit shocked. I think some of the books that you're forced to read in high school, you don't understand. So that was going to be one of my questions for you, which is that, what do you think the point of having a sophomore or a junior in high school read this? I'm not sure there is one. <laughs> because later in life you wouldn't pick it up? Or because All you want to remember... examine different themes of American novels or something? All I remember from my first reading was that I was amazed that a classic book was that short <laughs> and that I could actually like follow the plot. Like it had a very clear chapter to chapter plot. I was the always symbols were very obvious. so impressed by that. Yeah. And uh, I just remember when we got to class and discussed it, it was all about the American dream. You know, Gatsby has his American dream. Daisy becomes his American dream. It's all about money and dreams and blah, 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 blah. And I remember going out of it thinking, okay, so Gatsby is a dreamer, so he's the hero, so he's the good guy, so why does he die at the end? Yeah. And I always struggled to kind of grapple well, with that. he's a bit that. of a tragic hero. Absolutely. Figure, whether or not he's a hero. And then you turn 30 like me and you realize the American dream is a bunch of hooey. Yeah, and Anyways. that's not what sticks out to me, no. given like my life experiences or whatever. It's like just the ridiculous sexism. Right, you were me. finding it more relevant than ever in terms the of sexism the... and like the um, white supremacy mm-hmm. themes were just ridiculous. So right, and you have to think that Fitzgerald like turned up the character of Tom from like a ten to eleven for the sake of the book, but like he like would fit in with that certain was one circles. One of my takeaways nowadays. that it could be basically like one of those SNL skits where they don't actually change any of the quotes because the quotes themselves are just ridiculous. Yeah. They're like a parody within itself. Yeah. And that's how I felt about some of his stuff like the like, rise of the colored empire. Yes, like some of that you could some of it you might have to like change the language, but a lot of it you could literally just word for word put that into like a modern novel and it would fit. I would mm-hmm. be like, "Yep, that sounds about right." Yeah. Like, so much of, like, the white supremacy stuff and just the talking over the women characters. Yeah, no agency. I could not no. deal with that. Like, not letting them, not not only not letting them have their own choices, not letting them have their own feelings. Like, telling them in front of them what their feelings are mm-hmm. was just ludicrous. Like, I just, we're really skipping all over the place with this. That's but I okay. assume everyone knows the plot of The Great Gatsby. Yeah. Um, but more than anything, what got me was, like, the beauty of the prose. Yep. Like, I just had to stop a couple times and, like, just let it soak in, like, some of right. the sentences. That was another another thing that I love about rereading it, is that you can either, like, read it at a brisk pace for the the story and the plot, or you could slow down and spend, you know, an hour with every chapter if you wanted to. Yeah, and I mean, we mm-hmm. did... 
like we kind of buddy read it or co-read it yeah. and talked about some of the different chapters and the quotes and stuff. But uh, I just, yeah, I just literally had to stop and like stare at some of the quotes or reread the quotes yeah. like four times. He was because... a great writer. He knew he was a great writer. Like I've read some of his letters and things. I have a collection of that. And, uh, and yeah. And there's definitely some, some things that are wrong with it or problematic about it. I didn't give it an A plus. I gave it an mm -hmm. A minus, but I raised my grade a whole grade level. I had it as like a B minus, I think, because yeah. I just was thinking of when I read it in high school. It's like, yeah, it was fine, but I didn't really care about the characters and like the American dream and like the green light and whatever, like sure. the way it was taught didn't make it very interesting to me. I agree with that. Yeah. And yeah, I think in high school you have to kind of simplify the themes and I'm sure there's certain curriculum things that it's like you have to talk about the american dream as a theme in american literature and then they just pick Ugh. they try and pick the most interesting books they can to show that or the sure. ones that they think are going to catch the kids the most mm -hmm. but yeah like the, the stuff that they focused on that i remember them focusing on in class is just not what caught me yep. here and i also think some of it some of it is definitely like being more woke than i was in high school Preach. um with like class issues and um, gender issues and race issues and all of that. But some of it is also just like our life experience. Like some of the stuff about Midwest versus East Coast oh, yeah. was really relatable. Poignant now. Yes, very poignant. A lot of the like Minnesota uh, landmarks and the, all yep. the when he goes to Duluth and like sails across the Great Lakes yeah. and yeah, goes to St. Olaf's and some of like the Midwest uh, commentary is very interesting, especially since we're a little bit of the opposite. Like they were all from the Midwest and went to the East Coast and yeah. we're the opposite. They came from the East Coast to the Midwest. But some of that was, I don't think I would have gotten before a year ago. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's one of those that every time you read it, you're going to pick up on something different Definitely. based on like where you are in your life. Like I feel like a decade from now again, I would reread it mm -hmm. and pick up something totally different from it. Yeah. Um, I didn't have too many notes on it. The only other thing that I was going to say is in high school, I definitely did not pick up on the, all of the copious homoerotic subtext. Yeah. Not even subtext, Definitely just text. That. Yeah. I mean, I strongly believe that Mr. Nick Carraway, the narrator is at least bisexual He's, His first... He actually talks more about Tom's Tom being sexy than say. Gatsby. I used to always assume that, you know, Nick is obsessed with Gatsby, so that must be his lover, but he hates Tom, but he loves his body. Yes. He just wants, like, Tom as a doll who doesn't speak. <laughs> like, he just loves how Tom looks and hates all of the words that come out of his mouth and the yeah. way that he acts. Gatsby just has kind of a weird obsession with mm -hmm. that is... Not necessarily a love or hate obsession. He just like... Fascination. Is, yeah, he's just kind of fascinated by him. Um, but yeah, one of his first like long descriptors in the book is all about Tom and his muscles. Yeah. And then the next section is one he's supposed to be looking at Daisy, who's supposed to be gorgeous, and Jordan, who's supposed to be pretty in her own way. Yeah. And all he can talk about is the curtains behind them. Mm-hmm. Just... Yeah, the gals don't do it for him. No. And then in chapter two, at the end, he's drunk and ends up with a man in his underwear, so... Yes, that's never explained at all. <laughs> no, I don't remember my eleventh uh, grade teacher. Was there like emphasizing a kids version that, that had that like taken out of it or something? Abridged, yeah. I don't know. I'm uh -huh. trying to think of some of the quotes that really stuck out to me. I wrote some of them down, but I don't know where they are. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I mean, there's Jordan's famous one from the party about how uh, yes. she hates... She loves large parties. They're so because, intimate. Yeah, exactly. There's no privacy in small parties. Yeah. That's a good line. Um, there's just so many good lines. And I feel like I know some of the famous ones are the ones that you like, but some of the ones that stuck out to me were not necessarily yeah. the famous ones. No, you can find them anywhere. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm attempting to read more books by authors that I like, which sounds kind of dumb, but I just mean reading, like, their entire bibliography. That's how I feel about Kurt Vonnegut, is he's one that I need to go back and read more he's of. He's on my list, yeah. Because I really liked Player Piano that we read in school. Mm -hmm. I liked that one. And I read some of his other books, like, at the time, mm -hmm. or, sim like, soon after, and then kind of stopped Did you do your junior that. essay on him? I did, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so Fitzgerald is easy to do it with because he only was able to finish, well, four and a half novels before he died of a heart attack. Um, so I've been reading them in order, and, uh... Is that what you've been doing? Yeah. Hmm. And definitely Gatsby was, like, a major departure for him. It's yeah? the first novel that, uh, is in first person. Uh, his first two novels, uh, This Side of Paradise and Beautiful and Damned, are both third person, both similar styles. He breaks into like a um, a play in both of them in certain chapters, like okay. writes it as if it's a play with stage directions and dialogue like that, which is quite creative, but a little bit jarring at times. So do um, you like the first person? Because I didn't always love the first person. It did seem like he didn't quite know what to do with the first person. So it it totally, I think, elevates his storytelling. I mean, so The Great Gatsby was a failure when it was published. Did you know that? Um, I know a lot of classics People, were. like, wrote him off because they were like, he's gone to shit now. Um, so his first two books did, like, pretty, pretty well. Um, and then he kind of shifted directions, and everyone assumed that this book would be forgotten. And, in fact, it's been just the opposite, obviously. Yeah. So, obviously, something about this resonated more than yeah. his other ones. I haven't read any of his other ones, so I can't really speak to those ones, but I mean, the prose was very beautiful in this and I can see why he went for first person because there's a lot of really like poignant observations that he makes that wouldn't have worked from third person. Uh, he still does them in third person, but I think they do work better here. But at the same time, uh, he seemed kind of like to forget sometimes that Nick was a character and not just a narrator. Yeah. Like a He's lot of the times, just a journalist he uses, kind of. yeah, he just uses Nick's awkwardness as a plot device to the point that it gets a little bit annoying. Mm -hmm. That I'm like, oh, really? He's stuck in another situation where he's not <laughs> speaking at all in the whole night and he's just staring at everybody else and writing yeah. down what they do. Cool. Like, it's like I was comparing it to the invisibility cloak in Harry Potter, where it's right. like, oh, well, he needs device. to overhear an important, an important yeah, conversation. I never thought of it like he that. he has an invisibility cloak. But you were right. And I felt like that's what Nick Carraway's like awkwardness is, because he just constantly is getting stuck in situations he doesn't want to be in. Yeah. And like makes kind of sad attempts to leave. It's just like, I, I should go. And they're like, you're staying. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and just like sits in the corner. But yeah. that happens like every chapter. Pretty much, yeah. To the point that it started like just being like really, again... Mm -hmm. Like, he's not going to speak at all or be an important part of this interaction. He's just going to watch it from the yeah. sidelines. So I kind of wish he was either more or less fleshed out. Mm. Like, I, if he had gone into it being like, I am just an observer in all of this. Here's my perspective. Mm -hmm. 
or if he was like more of a character that actually affected the plot. Yeah. Do you think this is one of those movies? You know how they say with Indiana movies Jones. Movies or books. Uh, just go with it for a second. You know how they say with Indiana Jones, like you could take Indiana Jones out of the movie and it would end the same way. Huh. Would that happen here? Yeah. What, what do you think if they took Nick out of this, it would end the same way? I mean, how much do you yeah, think? Yeah, going really chapter changed? by chapter, he doesn't. When he's with Tom, he doesn't really have much of an impact. Uh, you know, Daisy is his family, but they actually don't interact too much in the book. The biggest thing he changes is he uh, kind of sets up Gatsby and Daisy to Correct. like have tea together or whatever. But you'd think Jordan would have been capable of that. Eventually, eventually. Um, so yeah, he's responsible for that. And then I guess it's up to you to decide whether that, uh, puts things on a positive path or not. And the the or, line in the book that's always confused me is he says in chapter one, Gatsby turned out all right on the, in the end. It was his dream that hurt him, but he turned out all right. Not exactly. in a pool. Yeah. Um, I just wonder like, would it have turned out that way anyways? Like, was there some sort of faded thing or like not even faded necessarily since he was purposely making it happen but do you think that it would have turned out that way anyways without Nick and Nick just like sped it up or made it go down a certain path but eventually they still would have like Gatsby's whole plan was to eventually oh yeah run into her he knew where she was I think you're right that Nick's uh placement just sort of speeds it along but yeah I feel like you kind of could have taken him out of the novel mm. and the events would have progressed similarly enough because that's how little effect he had on most of the plot yeah one of my major takeaways in in doing this uh you know reading more books by him is that he does not write about any characters that are like lovable or that you will enjoy from start to finish none of these are great people solid human beings no not necessarily and it's not just that they have flaws but they are deplorable in one way or another um you don't really root for them like you kind of do but you kind of don't and yeah i just feel like in when people talk about teaching writing and telling people how to write they're like well you you have to make your main character relatable and uh easy to root for and things like that yeah and maybe you just have to be a supremely talented writer in order to go the other direction well maybe that's why people didn't like it at the time because he was ahead of his time with the anti-hero kind of thing yeah like that was not a thing until like 10 years ago really mm. like it didn't really like reach the you know zeitgeist because breaking bad style yeah breaking bad style um but i think before that you're right like it was really like they're either a villain or they're like the pure hero and the hero is going to have some sort of tragic flaw yeah but they're not going to be like a morally questionable bad person mm -hmm. and most of the characters in this book are morally questionable bad sure. people yeah in the end but then, like, that's the question. Like, are we all bad people when looked at with an outside eye like that? Based on Fitzgerald's novels, I would say he thinks so, yes. There's not much hope for us, but... Okay. That's a nice note to end on. Well, it's a bit of a grim for. ending to the novel, it so I don't, I don't think we're going to be able to put a neat bow on it. That's true. Um. So, yeah, we're going to jump from, from that to... We're going Basically, like high highbrow to lowbrow. Yeah, you could culture. say that. Depending on on your vantage point. Okay. Um, I just want to end this by saying, if you haven't read Great Gatsby since mm -hmm. high school, 
give it a read. Like it was not, it was not perfect. And like the ending, I think is a little bit sloppy. And like we talked about some of the characterizations, but saying like the end of the plot, not the last few lines. No, no, no. The end of the the end of the plot, Mm -hmm. the end of the plot of like how everything gets wrapped up is like at, at the same time too neat, but also too sloppy. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the climax of the book is in the middle of chapter seven. Do you even need the car crash? That's one thing I always come back to. Do you? Yes, because that's why she didn't go with Gatsby. Is it? Yes. You're positive? You think they would have run off together if they hadn't I think he would have had a chance. Hmm. I think, okay, don't kill me for comparing Great Gatsby to The Hunger Games. But I think it's like... It's a Hunger Games situation because, so she was torn between Gail and Peta, right? Do you remember anything about the Hunger Games? Peta's the little guy. Peta's the one with the bread. Baker. Gail was like... Oh, he was baking! What? I'm referring to bridesmaids. Um, Gail was like her friend. Hemsworth. Yeah. Sex god. Yes. Uh, And Peta was like the boy with the bread, right? So that's literally what they call him. So in the end, she's kind of torn between the both. She's torn between the both of them. And what happens to push her towards PETA is that Gail uh, is involved with bombing, the bombing that ends up killing her sister. Yeah. So she, even though she kind of like feels more connected to him and has more of a history with him, she can never like look at him without remembering her sister dying, that tragic event. So that's what pushes her towards PETA. Mm. So I feel like that's what happens here, too, is that, like, she was kind of in the middle still and maybe leaning a little bit more towards Gatsby at the time, but hadn't really made up her mind. But when that happens... Even though she's driving and it's not necessarily his fault, no, no, you're no. saying it's always it's remind- associated. Yes, it's, yeah. it reminds her of that event, and she can't pretend it didn't happen when she's with him and with that car, and he knows. Right? right. He's the only one other than her that knows. Yeah. So Nick if... eventually finds out, yeah. She thinks he's the only one that knows. Correct. So if... If she's not with him, she could pretend it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And it's I very think, astute. I think Tom, uh, it brought out the better side of Tom and reminded her why she liked him because he did want to take care of her. Mm-hmm. And most of that comes out from like a selfish need of his to want to be powerful and have to be needed or whatever. But I think she remembered like, oh, he can take care of me. You could go back to college tomorrow and write an essay on this. I'm so impressed. I mean, I had brought up a lot of good points about the book that you didn't think about before. The bigger question is, can you write an essay about Batman and Robin? Um, how many times am I allowed to say nipples in that essay? So, yeah, we're going to keep this short. We'll keep this episode under an hour because we didn't even end up watching all of Batman and Robin. <laughs> it was rough. It was last weekend, uh, what was it, AMC was having a Batman marathon, showing them in a very odd order. A mix of Christopher Nolan stuff, a mix of... Uh, of, uh, what's his face? Birdman. Michael Keaton? Yeah, Michael Keaton, the originals, uh, the Val Kilmer one, and this one, Batman and Robin, of course. And they started with this one, for whatever so reason. this was your original? This is what started your love of Batman? No. So, the Seal song is on uh, Batman they... Forever. Okay. Which is probably, like, the best, like, modern one. Because the Michael Keaton ones were, like, late, like, early 90s, maybe? Okay. Um, but Batman Forever is the one with Jim Carrey as the Joker. you never seen that one? Honey, you've never seen any of oh them. Oh my god, that one's so good. Is it though? I don't know. 
Um, so I, I would mm-hmm. like to point out that Gatsby was maybe better than the than the original time yeah. we read it, and I don't know that these hold up to the same level. Wow. So I mean, for years I've always heard Batman and Robin used as like a punching bag in a joke, basically. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I've seen it in at least one decade, if not two. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, fifteen to twenty years. Gosh, I'm so old. <laughs> um, and so I've, you know, I've heard, you know, all the experts say, you know, that was like one of the worst movies of all time. I still had fond memories of it. And I don't remember it being... That bad? Like, bad, bad. It... But I think I must have been like the only demographic, like whatever I was, like 11 or whenever it came out, like that must have been the exact... Well, only people to that was it. my biggest uh, question that I asked you while watching it was, was this made for children? Hmm. Because it reminded me of the p- style of Power Rangers, like their Power Rangers that TV perfect, show from the 90s. Yeah, perfect comparison. Like the ridiculous one note villains, the strange costuming and sets, yeah. the like really over the top like colors and like, I don't know. Yeah, the sets and stuff. It just reminded me of Power Rangers. Absolutely. With, like, the way that the fight scenes were and the villains were and, like, the kind of oversaturated... I don't know. It reminded me of Power Rangers. So I was like, was this made for 10-year-old boys? Because, like... 1997. So, yeah, I was... Eight. I was... uh, Nine, yeah. So I think I was the prime audience, which makes sense for, like, a lot of the action scenes and stuff. But then they have Uma Thurman... Like, trying to seduce George Clooney. It's a very sexual movie. And there's just... I remember being very confused about those scenes. Like, what am I supposed to be feeling? What am I feeling down there right now? (laughs) No. Um, There were too many villains, though. I didn't understand. Oh, my God. Let me just recap what's going on in this movie. First of all, non-villains. You have Alfred dying, which, like, deserves to be, like, its own movie. Like, if Alfred is on his deathbed, that should be, like, its own movie. It's like the X-plot. Not the yeah. B plot, not the C plot, it's like the X plot. You have Batman and Robin who team up in the prior one, Batman Forever. Now Who's Con- Robin again? Uh, Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell, yeah. What else has he been in? Uh, I have it open right here. I was very... most famous from Batman and Robin. He looks Vertical so Women. Familiar. He was in that hiking movie, N C I S America Dad. Wow, mm. he does not have many good credits. I think he just looks like a He looks like he was on Grey's Anatomy, correct? He looks like he was on Grey's Anatomy. He also looks like the guy who plays Green Arrow. Sure. So you have them quibbling constantly because Robin wants to be a leader and Batman doesn't trust him. You have... Which is very Lego Batman. Sure. You have um, Alicia Silverstone showing up for not really any reason. Alicia Silverstone, what's the point? Except to be Batgirl... To steal... Uncle Alfred! To steal... She turns into Batgirl? Yeah. We didn't get to that part. We were, like, one one commercial breakaway. She just, like, stole a motorcycle, then Robin has to save her, and then she's... The point of her introduction, She's the one that's like, Robin, you need to go out on your own. Yeah. So, yeah, she shows up, and she's supposed to be studying at this uh, boarding school in London, in, uh, in England, and she's supposed to be, like, a good girl, and then it turns out she likes to drive motorcycles. Illegally. Street racing. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think, a summary of the good guys. Then you have, we'll save Mr. Freeze for poison last. Poison Ivy. So you have Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy, who Which... is concocted in the same laboratory, you know, as the result of uh, an accident that Bane is coming from as well. 
Now, okay. Bane got his own movie in a Nolan version. She was very, like, Little Shop of Horrors, like, I'm going to make creepy plants that take over the world or whatever. Yeah, she's like a murderous vegan type. Which, like, I kind of agree with her, uh, her motives. Oh, yeah, totally. It's Save kind of the like, forest. Um, did you ever see The Kingsman? No. Movie? Like, the, the bad guy in that, Samuel L. Jackson, like, his motive is that, like, we need to kill a certain percentage of the population because we're, like parasites in this planet was he like thanos and just like 50 percent? that's what i decided uh no he set like in stone calculated it but then he went about it poorly because he just basically offered uh a bunch of leaders and rich people the spots and didn't gotcha. make it very fair of who got the spots and then you have arnold why arnold is what i wrote with an with an h instead of an r i you yeah i mean people ask why he was in the movie yeah I mean, I There's think it's a more of the famous people in the movie. Oh though. yeah, I mean that's the budget right there, and Clooney is Batman. Yeah, and I think Clooney might actually be worse as I was watching it than Arnold even. No, I found Arnold the worst. Oh, well, I mean the the character of Mister Freeze is so bad in this movie. I'm yes. not sure it's the really Arnold's fault. The diamonds make no sense. Okay, let me try to explain. Why this was there to you. a spiral staircase made out of icicles? I that didn't part really didn't understand. Um. Also, like, there was just one spot, one uh, scene where there was just, like, a single frozen tear that, like, they zoomed mm. in on. Like, it's, like, also the frozen stole its plot from this movie of, like, freezing the whole world. Okay, so let me... I let just me was very... Ugh. Let me set you straight on a few things. So... The wife with the snowflake. Mr. Necklace. Freeze was a brilliant medical doctor. Okay. And his wife was diagnosed with the a rare... that Alfred has true a rare disease and um dr freeze was working on a cure and as the little computer said he figured out stage a and stage b but hadn't got quite gotten to stage c yeah and it involved uh cryogenically freezing his wife until he could find the cure correct I got that but he happened to be tiptoeing near the big hot tub or cold tub of cryogenic freezing material and he kind of fell in it's not up to code kind of fell in and like i've got my liquid nitrogen training you can't just leave big vats of it open i think they say it like froze all the blood in his body he's dead but he survived but he needs diamonds to stay alive correct so he wears a suit that keeps him cold because he's not allowed to get warm and diamonds are the only thing that can power it that makes no sense the diamond part really bothered me, too. Yeah. Well, the diamond thing is what the whole plot hinges on, because every single one of his capers is to get a diamond. But that doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. But get ready for the opening scene. Just plug it in. Use you missed batteries. part of the opening scene. So he's constantly driving his ice car, like, through buildings. Always, okay. always through buildings. And now his ice car has a capsule connected to it, which is a rocket ship also. And after he and his little hockey team of ice goblins fight Batman and Robin, he shoots off the rocket, not knowing for sure whether Batman made it inside the capsule or not to try to stop him. But he takes off, gets to like 30,000 feet in the air, and says, Ha, Batman, I got you here. You'll stop breathing at 30,000 feet. Which is not what happens in airplanes, but I guess there's no pressurized air in this capsule. You're falling asleep, it seems. Yeah. Um, and Batman says, no, I'll stop you before then. 
a very convoluted plot for killing someone that you could have killed on ground level quite easily. So then Batman manages to escape after Dr. Freeze by uh, crashing out the side of the capsule and using a piece of the uh, polycarbonate fiber as a surfboard that he flies through the air in. And Dr. Freeze's big plan, Mr. Freeze, is that he is going to drop the capsule back down to Earth and hurt Gotham City. Why is he Mr. Freeze if he's a doctor? That seems rude. That's true. Why did he lower Get his... Demoted. Yeah. Um, I don't really care about this plotline. What I want to know is why... Why do people no. live in Gotham? That too. Yeah. Why does Poison Ivy have a random, like, lackey? And what's his deal? Bane. The Beast? That's Bane. Are you sure? Yes. Why she's calling him Beast? Darling. She doesn't call him Beast. A couple times. Hmm. It's Bane. Hmm. That's very confusing. Hmm. Not a very good prequel to the Christopher Nolan one. No. Um. Yeah. Well, my last question that I had in my notes was why the nipples? Yeah. So the very opening shot, they show Batman's uh, Batman's ass, Robin's ass, and then they really focus on the nipples. Um. Yeah, you would think in a leather suit you could like smooth those edges out. But if if it's armor, are his nipples that elongated and hard that they need their own little space in the armor? Are women attracted to male nipples? Not generally. Hmm. Interesting. Directorial choice, I guess. I guess, but I just seems very confusing. I mean, I guess gender equality, like if they're going to make Uma Thurman sexy, they might as well give Batman and Robin nipples on their mm -hmm. suits, but it just seems unnecessary. Okay, so who do you recommend it to? That's how we end all these segments, right? Ten-year-old boys in 1997. Nine to ten. Yeah, fair enough. That's it. Okay, that was a fun exercise. What did you find it having see, having not seen it in a while? Um, what was your take on it? Yeah, it was laughably bad. Mm -hmm. um, but I was just more caught up in some nostalgia because I sort of remembered some of the lines and some of the parts that were coming. So I was just trying to remember watching it when I was little. I just feel like if the tone had been different, it could have been an okay movie. With like, like the three less plot The Christopher lines, Nolan ones were pretty like convoluted. Not so much with plots, but with twists, I suppose. Yeah. But like, I feel like the actor, the acting wasn't even that bad. It was the writing that was bad. The writing and like the t yeah. overall tone. But you're right. I mean, Nolan even has some of those, like I just talked 20 minutes about... This dumb space capsule thing, but Christopher Nolan had them throw that nuclear bomb in the ocean and think I'm, that. Don't that, even start with me on I that. I know that's one of your don't biggest Don't even rants. start with me on that. Okay, let's go to upcoming stuff before you cry about the whales. Okay. Um, I already talked about Holmes and Watson. Um, did you see that Rashida Jones is making a sitcom uh, called Kevin Can, Fuck Him, Can Go Fuck Himself? And it's from the wife, the sitcom wife's point of view. Oh, nice. Instead of, like, Kevin can wait, yeah. it's like, Kevin can go fuck himself. <laughs> um, so, I don't actually know how that will be, but Probably I... Probably not a network TV show, I'm Probably guessing? not. Um, I Am the Night with Chris Pine. No idea what it's about, but That's I want to see That's that TNT one yeah. that got your, got your loins all excited the other yes. night? Um, John Boyega and Letitia, Letitia Wright are going to be in a sci-fi romance called Hold Back the Stars. Do you know who Letitia Wright is? No. Uh, um, sir, what was her name? Hmm? Shoot. Huh? Shuri. 
from oh, Black cool. Panther. Nice. It's gonna call her Zuri. Um, Shuri. Um, also, Wayward Son, the Carry On sequel, oh, has been bumped up to 2019. It's been bumped up? up a year. It was supposed to be 2020. She just wrote it too fast. She did. She finished it. Wow. And it's not going to come out next year. We'll see. You didn't hate it that much. Do I have to read it? We'll see. Okay. That's all I got. Uh, there's going to be a Breaking Bad movie. Oh, get it. <laughs> <sighs> most likely the, the a sequel I, to the original show. That is the thing that I get the most, like, are you serious comments to? There's two things. Not liking bacon. <laughs> and not having seen... All of Breaking all Bad. All of Breaking Bad. You've seen Ozymandias. I've seen, like, half of the final episode. Yeah. And not a sequential half. Like, episodes yeah. here and there of the final season. And that's it. And um, people are like, that's even worse than not having seen any of it. Like, oh, well. Uh, my biggest thing with it is that um, I get that it makes sense, you know, from, like, a, a financial perspective that you want to capitalize on a known entity, kind of. Yeah. But... You know, the creator, uh, Vince Gilligan, I would just think that he would want to branch out into something else. Mm -hmm. He's now, I mean, he's behind the Better Call Saul show as well. Yeah. So now for two decades, he's going to be living in this New Mexico universe, which that's great if that's what he knows and that's what he's passionate about telling his stories from. But I mean, even J.K. Rowling goes out and writes a spy thriller or a literary fiction novel. Yeah, that she... Obviously, she did not stick to this, but she originally said there's going to be no more Harry Potter because I, I want to, like, try something different. Oh, not Grindelwald. The only name for, named for that. So, clearly, it's easier said than done. Yeah. Maybe he just was running out of royalty checks. Could be. All right. Is that all we've got? Thanks for putting up with this weird episode, folks. <laughs> this amazing episode. We'll have some more timely things than from the 1920s and the 1990s. Kind of. We have another classic one coming up, kind of. Yes. Classics. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you for listening. We'll see if we can keep this under an hour finally. Okay. Check us out on Twitter. The internets. At D to Get Down. Yep. Follow me on, follow us on Instagram at Book Digits. And other than that, have a great week and we'll see you next week. See you folks. You gotta get down with the get down. Well now, get down, get down, er, get down, whoa, whoa, get down, er, get down, whoa, whoa. Maybe we can talk our neighbors into doing the same thing. Get down, get down, get down, get down. Get down.